0: Welcome, listeners, to Tuned In, Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting. Hey! Uh, I'm joined, as usual, by the wonderful Will Williams. Will, we're back!
1: We're back!
0: It's a normal episode. It is!
1: Woo! I missed it.
0: We've had, like, what? Three? Four? There were four from from the sound
1: ups? Three from the sound ups. I did love them, too, though.
0: They were fun, but now we're back to usual. I cannot wait to talk about today's topic Me but too. as usual yeah we have a small thing we do at the beginning of every episode where we talk about the most fun thing we've done for the last couple of weeks or so
1: well wait hold up hold up hold up you're joined by will williams but i'm joined by gavin gaddis hi gavin hey, <laughs> but yes let's jump into our sweet good thing from the week in Podcast stuff. Today is the final day for the Indiegogo campaign for the upcoming podcast. Oh no, was it yours?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll find find something you keep talking. You keep
1: talking. (laughs) We we we're so excited, listeners. (laughs) Um (laughs) it's the final day for the Indiegogo for the upcoming podcast honey roast which is actually debuting the same day as this release day so if you're listening to us right now open up your podcatcher look for honey roast you'll know which one it is because it's so cute it has um like a honey pot and it says honey roast and it's really really cute so i need to disclose i am a consultant on this podcast so i am biased I'm but
0: a, i am in one of the episodes of this
1: podcast <laughs> yeah, i am too we're both very biased the host is Tess Kokio, who is one of my mods on my Discord server. Um, she runs International Podcast Month, and she does I Am Here, um, which is a podcast about actual play podcasters. And Tess is just such a genuinely beautiful, lovely soul. Um,
0: powerhouse
1: of a person? Yeah, powerhouse. Like, she is such a badass, and she is also one of the most tender people I have ever met. So Honey Roast is people coming on and... Uh, roasting somebody that they love a creator that they love but instead of like a traditional uh, comedy roast it is a roast of just like compliments and why they love them and tess has been I, i've been getting some spoilers tess <laughs> has been <laughs> sending me along episodes as they finalize um i've heard the first three the first three um, yeah the first as three are what i'm hearing this. about Yeah. Um, And each episode has made me cry. The second episode I think I want to talk about in particular because, and I'm not going to spoil any part of it, the person who is being roasted is a creator whose work I have known about for a long time, but never really, like people always told me like, oh, they're so great. They're wonderful. You would love them. And I've just never gotten it. Like I've always felt like they were kind of overrated. And then I listened to this episode, cried, (laughs) (laughs) and then pulled up this creator's work, engaged with it. And like, as soon as the work started, I just started sobbing. And I, I understood it. I I finally got why people love this creator's work so much. And I'm just, I'm really excited for this podcast. I think it's going to be so genuinely beautiful and so necessary. You know, it's just, it made my soul feel more right (laughs) when I listened to it. Each time I listened to it, I just felt like I left saying, wow, I really needed that. You know, it's going to be great.
0: (laughs) If you enjoy those moments in wonderful where Griffin talks about specifically musicians.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And goes like deep into why griffin likes that musician and what is special about their whole deal mm-hmm. that's kind of a proto honey roast mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah yeah like it's not delivered from the same place but if you liked that about wonderful i think you're gonna like the honey roast
1: but then also on top of that add in um the editing work by julia Schifini, Julia sheffini yeah who is a champion and worked on Giannis descending um her editing work here is stunning there's like a little bit of sound design and music under each episode, not enough where oh, you're like, gonna,
0: "That's gonna kill me."
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's gonna kill you. It just it it makes everything um a much more uh, tangible feeling. Like you really, you're really feeling that experience of that work alongside the person who is giving the roast. Um, Julia's work is incredible and s- like a one eighty from what she did on the honest ascending um it's yeah honey roast it's going to be amazing gavin what is yours
0: my the thing i want to spotlight that's been awesome that's happened in the last two weeks is i have started um production of part two of the pilot of yeah! standard docking procedures which is not specifically that I'm talking about the person who has her arms draped around me right now and snuck in while you were talking. Oh, um, hey, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan, my fiance Jordan, has started helping me in – Editing the scripts, and I'm trying to bug her into writing an episode in future. But it's it's really different to be working, having someone with you, and actually engaging in the creative process instead of just kind of shouting into the void, and then one day emailing a PDF to a bunch of professionals and hoping it's not complete garbage. Yeah. Well, well you're biased. <laughs> no, but it's really good. Well, thank you, I'm babe. I'm very excited. It's really good to be to be having you around. I'm, okay. So yeah, that coll- <laughs> collaboration was is mine Thanks. Oh, yeah. Well, after that, you mentioned some of Julie Shafini's work yeah. Which I haven't heard because I'm a monster Today, Will, Yeah. we are talking about something fantastic that you pitched yeah. to me I want to to be professional and say it was a month ago and We've done tons of research, but it was like last week uh, yeah. What are we talking about, Will?
1: So this is something that I've been thinking a lot about um, as I think more and more about conveying characters in audio. I wanted to focus on something that seems really specific, but I think that we can make it a bit more general and using examples, make it a bit more clear. I wanna talk about conveying character, not through dialogue or acting, but through sound design. And to maybe even get like a little bit more granular, I want to talk about hearing characters' clothes.
0: (laughs) So the reverend in Limetown.
1: Yeah, yes. that's That's a great example. There are these moments in certain pieces of audio fiction, and this is one of those things where, like, I actually just gave a consultation where I said, if you really want to go over, like, above and beyond, one thing that you could do is think about the clothes they wear Think about when they're moving and then actually bring that into the mix. So
0: I mean, it's it's not to be reductive, but like as reach behind me and like it's not the yeah. hardest foley in the world to do. We all got close. Right.
1: <laughs> Though, I mean, I think it really it also depends on, it, you know, what kind of a character you're dealing with. Like, oh, yeah, I think that you can you can definitely hear the difference in just like cotton and linen, which sounds like such such a silly distinction but it does make a difference oh, but yeah, then it yeah. really makes a difference when we get to things like um one of the podcasts that made me start thinking about this the white vault
0: oh, so fuck yeah mm. yeah i am sitting here uh twisting in my chair trying i don't own anything leather and i was gonna so oh I
1: don't even worry <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> one thing i wanted to bring up is this is something you don't even think about <laughs> in movies but Jordan and I just watched literally before I hit record on this Edward scissorhands I was I was you know goofing off about oh, I sucks to be the Foley artist for this movie every time Johnny Depp moves his fingers there has to be another <sharp inhale> added to the clip the the scissor noises editing that had to be daunting but there's one consistent thing of that his body since he's like a weird flesh robot and his they kind of establish that he is leather there's a lot of leather creaking noises to accentuate how stiff and like not human he is throughout the entire movie it works because it blends in with the i mean it works anyway no matter what but it blends in with the visuals if you close your eyes it's super obnoxious
1: yes but if you if you do that but you scale it way back because the people aren't seeing like... Because you're down every... to one sense. Right. So if you if you just make it minimal, just when a character would move in a specific way, you can pull that in. So let me actually, I think I'm going to do some like legit foley work right now, oh, <laughs> which I don't know how to oh, do, snap. so it's going to sound bad. Um... Luckily, I'm inside of my closet, so it should be easy.
0: <laughs> so no one can hear you.
1: Right. <laughs> Okay, where to even pull this? Okay, so this is gonna be this is a leather jacket, um, and I'm just gonna rub it against. Its... This is so. <laughs> How do ASMR people do this? This this I'm so stressed out right now, and I don't know why. But you, I'm gonna because turn...
0: it's performative, right? Like you don't want to fuck up. I just I think one. I think a good way to get leather creak is like you twist the sleeve.
1: I, see, this is, like, too comfy a leather.
0: <laughs> um, Will is trying to fully work a leather jacket right now. <laughs> so weird. Fun fact, if you want to replicate the sound of Indiana Jones punching somebody, put about three or four leather jackets on a table and punch it. Because that's huh. the that's the foley that they did for that.
1: That's okay, how you get that gonna... deep, fleshy... Ew. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, everybody involved.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Noises are canceled, actually.
0: Noises, we're not... T- sound design? Stop no more noises. Turns out, turns out Reddit was right. Editing's a bad thing.
1: No sound <laughs> effects. Okay, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna turn my gain up, and I'm gonna just kind of... Oh, God.
0: There, that You got one good one. That was a good squeak.
1: One good one. Okay. And now, so you can hear what that sounds like. So if somebody is going to be wearing a lot, a lot of leather, you're going to be looking for that kind of squeak. And then I'm going to just kind of like, I'm just going to kind of fuck with my t-shirt, which is cotton. So that was just some cotton. And then I think for the last contrast, I'm going to do some tool what uh, uh so okay so tool is like t u l l e oh, oh oh yeah it's if you see like a big puffy skirt it's it's tool and um i, thought I know this were like
0: clang a couple like wrenches together i'm like Will i got them I mean, like we're good
1: I, that was scissors on a mug but <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. scissors
0: on mug multimedia
1: scissors on mug okay i'm just gonna turn my gain up and wrestle some tool
0: That could be, so you that hear could how be it's a, like a pencil writing in a pinch.
1: It totally could. Wow. Um, but it has like, so Tool, you look at it and it's like fluffy and you think of that sort of fluffy idea, but it's actually sort of scratchy sounding against itself. Um, so those are just things to think about. But so going back to the White Vault, one of the creators, Travis Vengroff, he sometimes hosts these like live Foley demonstrations. Gavin, have you seen these things?
0: No, actually. Oh
1: my God, they're so good. I wonder if I can hunt some down. I can probably contact Travis and be like, hey, please. Um, there was one that I caught a little while ago. He was talking about a a meal scene where they were all, like, you know, eating together um, yeah. at a table. And he went over how he made all of the different people's eating noises. So there's a few things I want to pull apart here. So first off, the first thing is that when when the scene was written – it wasn't just like people are eating at table. There was consideration put into what every single character was eating. And this is something that I actually think can be carried into just about any creative medium where you're dealing with character. Um, One thing that I do in our Monster of the Week tabletop campaign is uh, I have the luxury of it being set in a real place, like a, a real world modern day location. So when the characters go to a restaurant, I literally pull up the menu, send it to them, and say, what does your character order? Mm. Which seems stupid, but what it accomplishes is, like, I feel like there's a very specific way to get to know a character through what they eat. Like, you wouldn't expect that this uh, super grim, cynical, grumpy, grumpus would be a vegetarian because he really loves animals and like can't fathom the idea of harming one even though like he could kill a person does not care. Like you learn those kinds of things through a choice like that. Um even if it's small. You know, even if you find out like oh this person likes spicy food or oh this person likes things that are really salty or oh this person actually likes to eat very very well. What does that say about a character? So in that in that scene um every single character's food is is considered we know somebody's eating an apple and somebody's eating a stew i don't remember what they were specifically eating it's it's been a while but that says a lot about a character and and everybody was placed in the scene and the specific noises corresponded to who was talking and who wasn't um and then as they were talking as they were moving as they were passing around seasonings and what have you their clothing um you know would wrestle as it would you know if you're yeah. if if you're just passing something and Travis showed like I have this specific jacket for this specific character this is his jacket and he has those for all of the characters and I just I thought that that was marvelous and just like no wonder when you listen you're so put into that scene because it, it's It's, again, an above and beyond detail. But that's what makes it so immersive, you know? Um, I think people focus all on the writing when things like this, these weird little details, that's what makes it feel really real.
0: There's like this mentality, and it's born, a lot of it's born out of, like, you you do what you can. Uh, Your average, from when I, this is not, backed up by anything but my experience is (laughs) your average audio drama is eight to 15 minutes per episode right
1: i would say i would say eight to 15 if you are brand new or anthony (laughs) olivieri
0: you work with your limitations like there's single narrator shows that have little Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. no sound design there i mean uh, that's not a dig to single narrator things or Mm -hmm. to full cast productions that have shorter episodes because it's so complicated. Mm -hmm. But there, there does seem to be this sort of immediacy that there are very few scenes where characters can just exist. Props to people who do like consciously give characters like time to breathe. Not everything has to be immediately plot driven. You you can let your characters grow and breathe a little bit. And this is not me prescribing anything, but this kind of of sound design is perfect for Mm -hmm. scenes like that and you can you can even build up a sense of tension with it because there you can totally have scenes where i mean you can telegraph that a character is like uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. annoyed like by having them fidget by having more clothing sounds than normal or you have Set up this, um, you know, running thing of hearing their clothing. And then in a scene where a character's like terrified or can't move and there's a lack of sound. Like there's so much you can do.
1: Or if they have to be really silent and then you take that clothing sound and, that's and it's a little bit higher in the mix yeah. than usual. And then you're terrified and like you maybe don't know why you're terrified. Actually this, okay, so this goes into uh like really specific manipulative things that stanley kubrick would use oh yeah i don't know if you say it kubrick or kubrick we always said it kubrick in my household (laughs) (laughs) hey
0: you know what the man made some uh remarkable movies but anything that would piss him off fine into it yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, big same, big same. Um, He was a very bad person. (laughs)
0: 127 takes on that stare scene in The Shining, everybody. That anger on Nicholson's face is
1: legit. Poor Shelley Duvall. Give me the bat.
0: Poor Shelley
1: Duvall. Poor Shelley Duvall. Anyway, so in... I want to talk about uh, A Clockwork Orange real quick, which is a divisive film for Ooh. sure, but there was a tactic used in one of the scenes that um, it's it's a very, very tense moment. And actually, it's funny, it's at a, it's at a dinner table. And this is the visu- a visual medium, obviously. So the way that Kubrick um, escalates this discomfort is to play tricks with your brain by making very small changes. So the scene keeps cutting back from the main character to a secondary character. And the main character has a plate of spaghetti and a glass of water so it'll go from main character secondary character main character secondary character main character but the water is milk this time secondary character jesus main character secondary character main character but the plate is much further away this time secondary character and it's, it's the kind of thing where you don't really know to look for it because your brain is so focused on the very expressive um face, you know, like it's not yeah. your your focal point, but your brain picks up a pattern broken thing scary and it, it's like a psychosomatic effect. Your your body goes, No 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 which is genius <laughs>
0: and like not to break open the room two thirty seven documentary and all that <laughs> but there is something to be said that the geometry of the Overlook Hotel and the Shining does not work like right. it's physically impossible for that that one office to have a, a window that looks outside because then the wall is shared with the mm-hmm. kitchen in the middle of the building i mean it's because they're just using different sets but it sets up this um consistency to the world that it doesn't make sense and that that scene in the clockwork orange as well you can use anything to do anything as long as mm-hmm. you make a plan right <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I want to stop myself <laughs> with, with this aspect of the discussion soon because I um, almost brought up Freud's essay on the the uncanny, which I've already done on this podcast at least once. And I'm not allowed to talk about horror right now because I know myself. If
0: you start so. explaining what the other <laughs> is, I'm going to flashback <laughs> to every English class ever and get mad. So... <laughs>
1: All right, everybody, this is
0: what the Panopticon is. Let me just draw (laughs) it very shittily on the board. So let me tell you about (laughs) Michel Foucault. This is the only time you'll hear about Michel Foucault in the entire curriculum of ever. Only once.
1: (sighs) (sighs) I think it should also be said,
0: like, this is a, what we're talking about is this is us, like, kind of putting the idea of, like, do subtle sound design. In the it's not us prescribing if you make
1: no. a
0: fiction show, you have to do this, or this is a this is a sign of a good fiction show. It's no, something no, no, cool no, no, no. that we notice
1: yeah, it's just that's like <laughs> it's
0: like it's like that bottle of steak seasoning you keep with amongst like your cayenne and shit. It's strong, but when applied sparingly and appropriately, great. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. sometimes you need to just hold on to some fenugreek just in case. You don't know what it does. You you don't know what it tastes like, but just in case. Yeah, like, let's be real. This shit, um, exhausting and yeah,
0: no, consuming. Yeah, no, it's a pain in the ass.
1: I guess like Gavin was saying, it's like another layer of flavor. It's not necessary, but it does add some oomph.
0: The thing that excites me about it is there are a lot of things in podcasting that there are barriers to, like, I mean, time, money, space. Yeah. But yeah. doing Foley for clothes. Now, you, I mean, if you wanted to do everything properly, you might have to go out, but like going to a thrift store to get a leather jacket or a fake leather jacket, digging, just rubbing fucking socks together, you know? Like these are mm-hmm. things that aren't as difficult to get a hold of as saying, like, get some old tools and ding, ding. ding, ding and now you've got those sound effects, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And like Gavin was saying, when I was, um, uh, fucking around with the tool, like.
0: <laughs> Welcome to our new sideshow. Fucking around with the tool.
1: Fucking around with tool. It's our home improvement. Uh, what's the What's the opposite of a fan cast?
0: Welcome to fuck Tim Allen. Not really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I gonna, so I was gonna say, when I was doing scratchy noises with tool, and Gavin was like, "That could be pencil." Like you never know what sounds are gonna sound like a thing until you do. It.
0: Well, that's like the the old thing of um a <laughs> uh, cheap and easy way to get rain is to take like a cookie sheet and pour beans or rice, something small, rice. and yeah. just slowly and constantly.
1: Or you could get a rain stick, like it's like nineteen. I was about to say
0: rain stick. Yes.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Hell just yeah. Channel
1: your inner. Learn brain. all that. What a time. Anyway, I want to. So I want to move what on what a too. time when we
0: all <laughs> openly smoked marijuana and pretended like we were being clever.
1: Yeah, wow. I was just
0: gonna say it's it's wonderful that we're able to bring up White Vault, and it's not just me yet again quoting my favorite yeah. scene <laughs> from season one. Will that that podcast ruin me? Because that was it. There, there's something. <laughs> there's a next level of nerdy to be at PodCon, talking to the person who wrote the line "Bears don't have fucking thumbs," Keith, and then I start saying the. I just uh, like that one line that just fucking stuck with me. And I go, Bears don't. And then their mouth finishes have fucking thumbs, Keith. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I also want to talk about how not just, you know, how you can convey character better with these little moments of sound design, but also how you can convey setting. Um, the White Vault wasn't the only podcast that inspired my thoughts for this episode. The other was Caravan. Ooh. And. Very specifically, the introduction of Argo, who is uh, the most. (laughs) (laughs) He is the most, and he is a cowboy. And naturally, when I say he is the most, and he is a cowboy, and I'm talking about clothing and sound design, Gavin yes what would you expect to hear
0: well um this is actually a perfect i'm the perfect person to ask from a comedic perspective because i've only heard the first episode of caravan uh that's okay you'll get there yeah i'll get there uh, <laughs> there's been enough people being like it's about fucking for me to be like yeah i gotta <laughs> watch i gotta watch i gotta listen to the show uh <laughs> I think spurs and tassels. Hell
1: yeah, spurs! Fuck yeah. Gavin, he's got spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle! Yeah. Jingle, jangle! <laughs> They're so good.
0: The question I have is, does he have a big iron on his hip? Big
1: iron on his <laughs> hip! Don't make me want to play Fallout again. I'll just get disappointed.
0: <laughs> don't, don't make me want to play the last good Fallout. Yeah, mm. but-
1: hot take super toasty but yeah like so so I brought up the spurs I think when I initially reviewed caravan I don't remember where I was talking about it because I've talked about caravan a lot because it's fucking good there is a Scottish demon who goes
0: later sluts
1: uh yeah there is fucking yeah I
0: almost said game of the year podcast of the year (laughs) (laughs) game of the year too fuck it what are your sluts
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah you're gonna love it it's so fucking good <laughs> but I, so I brought up the the spurs in something where I wrote and somebody from the whisper forge was like hey I'm glad that you commented on the spurs because we were worried that it was too much that it was like too obnoxious oh, yeah. and I was like no 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 it was perfect like one it felt so good in the mix it felt so right Two, it helped like immediately identify this character. You know who Argo Argo is immediately with those spurs. Three, it helped solidify exactly what kind of world we're in where somebody yeah. is still wearing like fucking spurs and it's, it is this Western. Also- um, And four, it was funny. It was so funny. <laughs>
0: 4.5, it touches on a deep touchstone of yeah. American cinema. Like- Mm -hmm. no matter like if if you are in the u.s what by by hook or by crook you have heard someone walking with spurs in a film at some point even if it you weren't Mm -hmm. watching it it was just like on a tv in the background like there's so many fucking westerns (laughs) and things inspired by westerns
1: yeah no it's it's such a good touch. And again, it's it's uh, a step above. It's not what you would need to do. But it does, it just, it adds this layer of detail that I really adore. And if you have the means to do that, I would really encourage it. And then I would also encourage, if you are a writer and not a sound designer, um, I guess this is kind of going back to my Monster of the Week example, even if you Don't employ these things in the sound design because again, like we know, we know, we know that that's not daunting. Right. Um, I would urge you to take those examples that we have of what would your character be eating in this scene? What would your character be wearing in this scene? And even if you don't use those, try to consider them as you write scenes, even if the listener is not going to hear it. In my experience, I can like, I can start when I write, I can start with a character concept and I'll kind of understand the character and then I'll write the character's dialogue a little bit and I'll understand the character a bit more. But for me, some of, some of the best ways to get to know a character are thinking about what they eat, thinking about what they wear, thinking about what music they would listen to, thinking about what TV shows they would like and carrying that. Through the concept of the character to make them a more fully formed person. So, even if your listener is not going to see that, you know, the character is wearing um, a really specific kind of skirt in this episode, you know it. Yeah. And even if you're not going to write anything that has to do with that skirt, which please don't, please don't, my immortal this. Like,
0: what a, you wonderful, don't need to do that. What a wonderful outfit you are wearing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thanks. I got it from Hot Topic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like even if you're not going to reference what they're wearing and you probably should not unless it is like plot relevant or something. Just having that idea in your head is going to help you get to know your character better. If you can take that and you can put that in the sound design, amazing. If it's just for you, amazing. If it's something that you can factor into um, like making some kind of like visual references to show to fans as like, oh yeah, this is totally the kind of outfit that, you know, this person will wear. I also think that's just kinda fun. Um I would say just get really meticulous with your characters. Um and if you can, pull that into your sound design.
0: And if you if you write and do your own sound design, and the thing I'm about to say is not I really don't want it to sound like I'm patting myself on the fucking back for this, but it's a thing that happened that made things like When I started writing standard docking procedure, I was like going back in and putting in sound effect stuff or just saying Mm -hmm. there needs to be a sound effect for this. And while I was writing Mm -hmm. one of the ones I'm working on right now, uh, there's a a character who has an allergic reaction to something or they have an allergic reaction to dander. Are they okay? (laughs) They're fine. Kevin. And the, the gag is... They are so blitzed on having the allergic reaction and then taking antihistamines to offset it. And I was originally going to say, you know, the character's like, "I'm fine, I got these," but then the joke is they're so fucking wasted on the antihistamines they can't like keep their shit together. And I was sitting here (laughs) and I like, there's there's a pill bottle here. I was just looking at it and I realized I could sound design like the pathetic dropping of the. So they just so now the instead of the line being I'm fine and like everyone's like no you're not now the word line is I'm fine drops pill bottle he's not fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much that's extremely good <laughs> it doesn't necessarily
0: have to be this extra thing on top of writing like if you do your own sound design you might find you can kind of work it into the writing process a little bit more again
1: mm-hmm.
0: just i'm just this cool thing happened and i like it made a emoting a character a little bit easier this is not me saying mm-hmm. you got to do this or um your podcast will definitely sound better if you do shit like this it's just a thing yeah. also we got to fight concern. all the assholes out there who are like mm-hmm, this podcast mm-hmm. is too edited mm-hmm. the acting mm-hmm. is too mm-hmm. over the top Ridiculous. fuck you
1: I only like raw.
0: Eyes. I don't. I only like old Radio Lab. <laughs> I only listen to interview shows that aren't cut.
1: <laughs> I only I only listen to RSS feeds that are accidentally recorded butt dials that go on for as long as it'll allow, and you just kind of hear like a muffle and someone saying like, "No, I'm picking up the kids. Yeah, no, at five. Yeah, at five.
0: My favorite podcast is yeah. sitting in a bus station for four hours. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My favorite podcast is the sound of putting headphones in and playing nothing.
0: <laughs> oh, we are we we might be getting mean spirited at this point. Will I don't know. Hi, our podcast.
1: I, I don't know how to gauge that. I don't. Even
0: all right oh should we
1: move on to recommendations
0: hey um y'all i just i just want to be real um i usually come up with the puns like while we're writing this or while we're doing the episode uh i just want to say no matter what i come up with i can't top crime town presents the ballad of billy (laughs) Boss. It's just <laughs> they're so forward with it in the thumbnail too like they fucking know. They know. <laughs> yeah. So Will, what's your first recommendation today?
1: My first recommendation is uh is going to be an interesting one. So uh Gavin, you know how I feel about like <laughs> most podcasts yeah. that are like fan casts where it's just like oh, this media is bad. Let's talk about why. And it's funny, right? Um, But this one has a very specific, a very specific uh, <laughs> setup. <laughs> you know, you laugh like it's my podcast. It's probably not. It's actually oh, not. Wow. It's actually not. Um, It is really fucking good. It is called... The worst sitcom ever. Oh, made. you
0: listened it's to it? From, Great, I've been meaning to.
1: Oh, yes. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. It's from Radio New Zealand, um, RNZ, and it is about um, this sitcom that was in. Was it in Australia or was it in New Zealand? I should know. That. Y'all,
0: if so you want to, if you want to, if you're Australia, interested yeah. in television like production at all, look into like how tv was produced in australia and assuming assuming new zealand somewhat in the 90s because like there was yeah this is it they were shooting what america considers a season in like two weeks like it was like the show farscape was produced at lightning speed the american actors didn't know what the fuck was going on because the australian crew (laughs) was just going
1: yep there's also a documentary about the time that they tried to bring everybody loves Raymond to no.
0: Russia.
1: No. Um, it's, dude, okay, hold on. It's that so fucking good. Translate! What the fuck? No, it does not. <laughs> Exporting Raymond is what it's called.
0: <laughs> Exporting Raymond.mp4. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the documentary. Um, It's Buck Wild. But so, okay, so there was this um, New Zealand uh, sitcom called Melody Rules. And it was made in the 90s. And it's widely regarded as one of the worst sitcoms ever made. And so they're going into, like, why it failed so bad and why it was so bad. Which by itself is, like, a funny concept. But here's the kicker. The host is one of the creators. (laughs) It's so beautiful. (laughs) It's so beautiful. And he's like, I made this like 20 years ago. It was extremely bad. What happened? <laughs> Let's examine. It's been very strange. I haven't gotten a lot of work since. It was very bad. Why? Let's talk. Let's talk. Um It is so wild. It includes a sort of a reality TV style vote someone off the island but with writers <laughs> which is like a real thing that happened in their production it also includes um a moldy repulsive water source that they were all drinking out of and got like Ugh. a horrible horrible infection from them. <laughs> which isn't funny, but like in the context of this story is so it's just another layer of wild want it's it's bonkers. This, it's so this good.
0: I don't way too much time to this segment of the show, but will, would you like an extra added wild detail about the filming of the movie Evil Dead with Bruce Campbell back in yes. the day? Um So that yes. cabin that they shot that most that, all of the movie and uh, that cabin was like, a couple hundred yards away from the cabin, the crew lived in, and everyone stayed at. And it was a horrible, hellish movie shoot. They had no money, and this someone was making a giant pot of chili to feed everybody, and someone dosed it with LSD, and everyone started <laughs> shitting themselves and getting sick, and they still shot a good chunk of the movie. Filmmaking's fucked
1: Filmmaking's fucked right.
0: <laughs> Hey everybody Editing cabin in the future With a sleeping Beyonce and three fans Going at the same time I can't remember if it was LSD Or PCP I'm sourcing Bruce Campbell's biography I read when I was like 15 So Grain of salt In your drug in your chili and that and, and that show was.
1: Oh, uh the worst sitcom ever made. If you're looking for it in a podcatcher, make sure that you do RNZ colon, the worst sitcom mm-hmm. ever made. Otherwise it won't come up. Gavin, what is your first thingy? My first
0: thingy today is a show that gets really this actually fits in with the Tim Burton thing that we watched. Uh it's very mm-hmm. very into iconic old Americana uh, each they they. it's only in one season but they propose further seasons we'll do different things but the first season mm-hmm. talks about how you know you set a table in 1950s America like there's all these new there's these new revolutionary things about how we as america present ourselves like we are post-war nuclear families so there's all this laminated shit on the table we have all these new fancy crockeries uh but we but the hosts of this talk about it through the lens of if it were a work of fiction like what are we trying to communicate with this place setting and the podcast is called those happy placemats
1: God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to puzzle it out, and I didn't. get Hi, there. Buddy now and I'm Alice. Disappointed in myself. <laughs> 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 oh, go to jail.
0: <laughs> jail indeed. My actual recommendation, <laughs> and I'm light on good recommend. I mean, the thing I'm about to talk about is really good, but I'm I was I was expecting to have like four or five wrecks but uh. I started listening mm-hmm. to Blank Check, which is a really good movie review podcast, but it sucked all my time away. Huh. Oh yeah. This one's expected. I God damn it. So 1237. It's the one with the train. Hi. <laughs> yes, I have to talk about this. So okay, so the,
1: <laughs> we should explain so that for the tra- listeners who might <laughs> not
0: know. I'm working to-
1: no, but Gavin. We need to. We need to explain to listeners. We need to explain to listeners that your brand has become. Do we trained. need
0: to at this point? My Twitter. My, yes. My Twitter handle is Gavin <laughs> colon. Podcaster, writer, train enthusiast, and that's because some to- that's because some Thomas the Tank Engine fandom people called me an outsider when I tweeted about Thomas <laughs> a couple times. They were like, "Oh look, even an outsider likes this fan film." I was like, "Well, fuck me, I got to rebrand
1: Thomas the Train, the
0: Outsiders." <laughs> fucking jeez. Okay, so
1: yeah, Gavin loves trains. I'm, I'm in. Into- Long story I'm, short, I'm
0: into it. But yes. The 1237 is about a woman who gets on a train trying to get home from college or from work, mm-hmm. uh, except she gets on the wrong train. And it's actually a time-traveling secret train that might have some weird spy shit going on. It's a time-traveling train. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, yes, that of course, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, Ugh, but... The train is not super <laughs> forward. Like the th- the reason I'm bringing you the 1237 is not because there's fucking train in it, but because it acts, it acts as a vehicle for the plot. <laughs> it has so much fucking potential. There's four episodes out right now, but it deals with like mental health and um, trust. There's some fun time travel stuff, but like we deal with little like the little consequences of time travel. Like you get on a time traveling train. Where are you gonna get your prescription? Other time travel shit's just like, woo, we're in the future, or woo, dinosaurs. Right. It, it's always just like, oh no, we might not get back to our home time. Not, oh no, I have prescriptions.
1: Right, right. Uh,
0: also, I totally intended on just wrecking the 1237 then rolling on into a second one. <laughs> so, um, Will, what is that was the 1237. I've said it 30,000 times now. Yes. Will, what's your next rant? Yes.
1: Okay, so it's it's kind of a funny podcast. It's a new audio drama about a man who one day fell through a magic portal to another land. Gavin, I think that we've talked about this one before. Um, He's trying to make the best out of a bad situation by producing a podcast from the cave he arrived uh. in. Um, he's using a weak Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King on the other side. It's an advice podcast um, where he... A wizard and a shapeshifter who's usually in badger form he's not a badger he's you know a shapeshifter but uh regardless um they tell various monsters and denizens of the land what not to do and it's called hell no from the magic cavern
0: <laughs> i was waiting for a hello from the magic cavern but you brought <laughs> it you brought an extra to it that was a nice little zeus
1: well i, I can't take credit this <laughs> is from um will in my discord server not will me will but will two l will um thank you will this was extreme. also
0: <laughs> also you just gave really uh 2l will their rap name so that's a bonus
1: <laughs> there so i don't know if this is like this is the most niche thing ever but there is a thing in will culture where 1l's <laughs> call each other 1l's and we do have 1l hey, solidarity um, that's like a genuine thing that i've talked to many other 1l's hey, about uh, if-
0: if paul bay ever it just does season four of the black tapes and the joke is that the main character just gives up on the whole supernatural thing and goes back to the gag of doing an episode on odd things i need there to be an episode of season four of the black tapes in which she interviews will culture
1: I mean, this for is more it. fascinating Hit than all up. of the
0: actual supernatural things <laughs> I encountered in season three.
1: <laughs> I want to talk about my Please actual wreck. It is one most people have probably heard about. Um, I was really late to the game. I don't really know why. It is punch up Woo. the jam. Gavin, have you listened to it yet? It's I've so seen up your bits alley. Bits on
0: Twitter. That's about it.
1: Yeah, prob- probably. Um, it is uh, hosted by two once was viners, um, rest in peace Vine, and what they do is they take classic songs, usually from the eighties or nineties, um, and the first step is they kind of just they song exploder the pod the the song, but like comedy style. So they go into its history, how it was written. They take um certain stems from the song if they can like they'll just take the drums or they'll just take uh the vocals and just talk about how fucking absurd a lot of these songs are um if you want to start with a a great one um Griffin McElroy did an episode with them at PodCon for that Rusted Root song you know the only Rusted Root song you know (laughs) one Yeah, no, you, yeah, the um, you know, it's the Matilda song.
0: Oh, oh, what's this? The Matilda the song? Yeah, That's send me on my song. way. On my way. Never mind. Thanks, babe. Yeah, you almost yeah. helped.
1: <laughs> 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 it's a good song, but there, but it's also not. It's a shitty song. Um, let me. There was one recently. It was the one, oh my god! It was Mambo number five. <laughs> the the recent Mambo number five episode. <laughs> It's fucking fuck wild. So what they do is they they talk about the song and it's like, the song is ridiculous, but what it leads to is their punch up and their punch up is them t- taking the song and making it and heavy air quotes here better. <laughs> um, I don't want to wait. No, it wasn't mama number five. That was a good one. It was Shania Twain's that don't impress me much. That was the recent one. Um, which also is a fucking good song. Um, Their punch up of it is one of the the funniest, strangest, most upsetting things I've ever heard in a podcast. I was laughing so hard at my desk at work that like my ribs started to hurt because I had to keep my laughs in because I was at work. Um, It's fucking hilarious. So that is punch up the jam, not pump, but punch. Up the jam, like hey, we're gonna punch it up. <laughs> um Yeah, just so, like, what was that
0: again? Can we get a can we get
1: second take on that? Uh, <laughs> okay, now I can
0: isolate that and share yeah. it with everybody. Thank you.
1: Great, perfect. <laughs> Gavin, what's your ah, second?
0: Let's pick? see. My second pick. This show. This actually had. The, uh, so the show I'm going to talk about is an actual play podcast starring one of your favorite YouTubers. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, oh, today we're going to talk about Critical Bits Critical
1: Bits, Critical Bits is so good
0: It's an actual play podcast that are they're currently playing a Powered by the Apocalypse system Which, for anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. know, Powered by the Apocalypse is basically just a system that's built more for Character role play and only uses two mm-hmm. d six. So just if you have Monopoly or something like that in the house, you have the dice for it.
1: It, it uses two dice-ass dice. Is dice.
0: the most basic dice. Like if you yeah. have board games, you have the dice to play anything powered by the apocalypse. They're using one called Mask or Masks, whatever. Like the system they're Masks, using is like
1: yeah.
0: teen superheroes, uh, and it has. Some I
1: believe it's the same system that was used. In Clint McElroy's mini campaign in the Adventures, oh, there you
0: go. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it, it, it's very yeah. <laughs> influence based, which is interesting because the characters are all the player characters are all teens, and they interact with teens a lot. But whenever they interact with an adult, the adult can the adult NPC can pull hard moves on them, and um, those and use their influence over the teen as an adult, and they have to like roll against that. So there are these moments where, like, the the, the, uh, the game master can just totally change how the thing's going if they roll bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the thing about Critical Bits that really makes it is there's just this wonderful chemistry with the players. There's a little bit of sound design. There's a little bit of join the party style, mm-hmm. like sound effects and occasional music uh, that really helps layer out the scene. So on top of that, those little bits of sound design, there's also uh, the, the characters are played to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, th- I don't want to say critical bits is like join the party because that feels like being reductive. No,
1: they're very dissimilar. I would say that it's it's much more towards this the is much more adventure zone. Yeah, early adventure yeah, yeah. zone yeah. because that's uh, the thing. side. Yeah, they
0: t- they're not. S- I'm in the first like five episodes right now, and they are not the most efficient adventuring party ever but there's so many no
1: god there's so many
0: opportunities for one (laughs) fucking hilarious moments and two Mm -hmm. being true to the character because a lot like a lot of bad roles happen a lot of bad shit happens in these Mm -hmm. early episodes usually you find uh, gms are a little bit more like like gun shy about like putting them in positions where bad things can happen uh the the GM uh, Joel Ruiz, uh, the players, oh, the players are Paul Byron, Shannon Strucci of, uh, what's Strucci's channel's name?
1: Strucci Films. Strucci Films. Um, if you, if you read my article on parasocial relationships, Shannon Strucci was basically the person who inspired it. she, her YouTube channel, I I can't talk up enough. She has what is it like? But this is a very different field. The series on
0: parasocial relationships is like four hours long once you put them all together, right? Like it's amazing.
1: Yeah, and it's it's worth it. I've I've rewatched it. It's fantastic. It at least it's six, so well-made. seven times by now.
0: And that has <laughs> so nothing to do with critical bits. Uh
1: no, not even a little.
0: <laughs> anyway, critical bits is just it's hilarious. Uh, let me uh, the one the one scene early on that sold me on the sense of humor is they need to take this laptop to some to a hacker character to get it open. And they have talked about it in the meta sense of one of you can know a computer nerd and just take it to him and do it for a favor mm-hmm. or something. So mm-hmm. Shelby Lee says, or her character Ace, she just says, oh yeah, my brother, he plays Fortnite all the time and he's a hacker. He can take care of this. And then Ace says her brother's name is brantley which is the least real and hardest to remember name (laughs) you could give a suburban character ever to which the gm goes brantley and then he has to write it down so when they finally meet brantley the gm's revenge is he plays brantley as the biggest dick in the world he
1: is he is
0: a red pill reddit using piece of shit who's slamming down the mountain dews and playing Fortnite all day and he also has an obsession with corn talks and i hate to i hate to invoke the devil's show but he's it's a very much uh or the the gm's npc voices very much skewed towards justin roiland of rick and morty fame uh they're very mm-hmm. high-pitched and manic Uh, So much so Just to cement how much of an asshole he is One of the characters that isn't his sister uh, Or Shannon Strucci's character Walks into the room uh, Her name's Kim And this Bradley just goes Hey Kim, what a fuck I got a huge dick Like it just He's (laughs) It's delivered so flat So realistically Like a fucking piece of shit teenager would say it Critical bits isn't is just very fun, very stupid. That's my that's my overly long wreck of critical bits.
1: <laughs> it's very, very good. Oh.
0: Are we at the end? That's it. Wow.
1: Oh we did it. We
0: did a we did a normal episode. How about that? Well, um, special, special shout out. The uh, honey roast indiegogo, thanks to a special donation yes. from Ponders, has reached 69% funded. Um
1: The devil number. We reached the devil
0: number, which I tried to break by finally backing it, and I didn't. So it's still at sixty nine percent. Damn you! I was trying to be the fun breaker. I mean, well,
1: (laughs) wow, boo. (laughs) Well, again, listeners, if you you are using a podcatcher right now, almost definitely, if you are using a website to listen to this episode, uh, uh, interesting, Um, interesting. (laughs) Um, If you're using a podcatcher, I respect your choice. (laughs) I respect your choice and have as questions. someone
0: who plays video um, games if a you're lot. But using a podcatcher,
1: totally I don't. It's easy. It's uh, easier as somebody who listens. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, um, go look for Honey Roast. It debuted today, and it's gonna be beautiful. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Wow. Wow.
0: Our, uh, will where can people find you on the internet
1: <laughs> oh oh my god yeah we do this thing <laughs> it's been a year we've been doing this a, been year. a year oh my god we Podcast suck at professionals. this we do people can find me um online at at will w Writes. um on Twitter, that's W I L W underscore rights on Twitter. Um, I write for Discover Pods, and the Podcast Host, and Polygon and Podmas now. I write for PodMass on the AV Club, which is bonkers and amazing. Um, I also am writing Polygon's ongoing best of twenty nineteen list. So if you want my uh, foremost recommendations, that list gets updated every couple of months. Um and you can find me on my own website at willwilliams.reviews. Gavin, where can people find you on the internet?
0: People can find me on Twitter at the Potterport d h e p o d r e p o r t, and R-E-P-O-R-T. they can find me on my website, which is just that with a .dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. will, <laughs> starting April sixteenth, <16th, laughs> I will have an Etsy store where I will be selling a bumper nice. sticker that says, "My other car is a podcast," uh, <laughs> because I make good <laughs> financial choices. Oh, it's so oh, good. Uh, yeah. I'm actually it's putting so it on good. my real car. I just want everyone to know this. I I doubt right. Jordan will let me put one on her car, but it will go on my car. Uh sure. So, yeah, I'm. <laughs> this is yeah. just yeah. The Pod Report on Twitter. The PodReport.com is my website. If you're going to Podx in Nashville, I will be giving a talk on Sunday about how to get your podcast ready yeah. for press so you can do all the fun yeah. little easy things more importantly all the stuff i'll be talking about is free i don't want to rock up and be like oh you pay for nice. pay for a social media manager, manager. manager. no like
1: that's manager. a thing you can
0: do and that's a totally legit thing like if you, have the, if you have the if you have the resources to do that fucking great but there are very simple apps tools you things you can do to kind of just polish get yourself ready uh it would take like five episodes of t do for me to like hash it all out. So if you're going to Nashville, you're going to Podex anyway, yep. come see that. Multitude's going to be there. They're going to be doing a very cool sounding actual play thing on Friday that I'm yeah. very excited to see. Uh, also, like, yeah. uh, Crime Writer's on. It's going to be doing a live show. It's going to be some fucking cool shit. Uh, yeah. Nice. I think that'll do. Oh, if you want to yeah. find the show, we're on Twitter at tuned in, dialed Up. <laughs> We are also on the web dialed at wordpress.com. If you want to find links to all the shows we recommended, they are at the bottom of the show notes of every episode. If they aren't yell at me on Twitter, mm-hmm. I'll fix it. They should all be there and they mm-hmm. should be hot linked. <laughs> <sighs> I think that'll do it. Yep. Well, will now we can actually end this first real episode in forever. thanks everybody for listening thanks for sticking with us for a year we'll hope hopefully have many years more
1: yeah many years more bye Bye.
0: Bye. wow it's like a minute once i cut this it'll be under an hour holy shit
1: wow Wow. we did it